grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Sex. It's a topic not discussed in polite company, but have you ever considered just how enmeshed in our daily lives sex is? We are all, as humans, wired for connection, both emotional and physical. It's literally a biological reality. I think we can all agree that sex drives a lot of our behaviours. Whether you're having good sex, average sex or downright awful sex, it has a huge impact on our mood and how we view the world. A rich sex life has us moving through our days in a delicious bubble of endorphins, while a lack of sex can leave us flat, disconnected and frustrated. You just can't fight biology. The great news is you don't have to be booed up to discover your sexuality. This show is about connecting your inner god or goddess and embracing the delicious, juicy, glorious sexual being that is inside each and every one of us. On Lipstick Lunch After Dark, we explore the orgasmic, the cheeky and the downright kinky. My wish for you all, dear listeners, is that we all learn a little bit about sex and sexuality each Thursday that has you buzzing with sexual energy right through Friday and into your weekend. Whether you're playing at home with your partner tonight or flying solo, just take a minute, pour a wine, light a candle, dim the lights and relax as we lift the covers on how to have an explosive, rich and wonderful sex life together. There will be a few surprises, definitely a few laughs and more than a few relatable moments as we take this journey. It certainly won't be boring. I promise you one hell of a ride. I'm Louise Wilkinson and I welcome you on the maiden voyage of Lipstick After Dark because some things are just a little too hot for daytime radio. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. On Lipstick After Dark. We just love getting to the heart of the real sex issues and there's no one better to answer your sexy questions than the one, the only, the legend, Timbalina. Welcome to Lipstick After Dark. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, look, it's going to be absolutely fabulous and you are going to be a regular contributor on Lipstick After Dark. We're so excited to have your wisdom and fabulousness to help every Novocastrian live their best and sexy life. I can't wait to be a part of it, really. I should probably say that I'm not a therapist as per se, just a drag therapist. Absolutely. (laughs) Look, we, we, you know, we do have a, a sex therapist on the show, Gabrielle, but uh, take this tongue-in-cheek as it's intended people. Uh, if uh, <laughs> any advice goes a little awry, uh, use your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we've had some listeners who have written in to ask your advice. Um, so I'm just going to read the first question. Dear Timberlina. I have long admired your fabulous outfits and style. I am a budding drag queen, and my question is, how do you tuck so flawlessly? (laughs) 
Oh, such a great question. Um, when I first started, I used to tuck with duct tape. Oh, Jesus. And that's how most queens will tuck. So you have to shave, make sure there's no hair there because it's going to hurt when you rip it off. Oh, yeah. But you just grab like three lots of duct tape, long strips, and then you tuck, well, you push your testicles up inside of you. Oh. So there's like, for people listening at home and those gents, it's like when you're masturbating so hard that your testicles just pop up inside of you or it's a cold morning and you're like, where are my testicles? They're up inside of you to regulate the sperm, obviously. But I force them up there and then pull my penis back in the scrotum and then pull all the tape over and then tuck it as tight as you can. Very uncomfortable. You get used to it now. But I'm not going to lie, I rarely tuck now. I just mush it up in my Spanx and, like, make sure it's real flat. Look, Spanx are a revelation, aren't they? Well, I wear three pairs, three to four pairs per show, so... Right. It's easily to help with the tuck. But oh, yes. If I know that I have to wear a really tight leotard, then I'll do a proper tuck. Right. Okay. With with the duct tape. Yeah, with the duct tape. I mean, all I can say is don't use strapping tape. Uh, with the material? Yeah, because I've done that before. Mm, mm, mm. Not fun, not fun at all, not fun at all. I had that residue over my penis and I scrotum him for a little while. Oh, dear. <laughs> Get out the eucalyptus oil, yeah, love. Oh. <laughs> Ow. That would hurt so much, but yes, um, keep it to duct tape all the way. Excellent. Okay, you heard it here first on Lipstick <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> So good. Oh, dear <laughs> what Lord. What a banger to start with. Absolutely. There's nothing like go hard or go home, I say. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we have this show, so that we can talk about the real issues. Oh, you know, I've learnt so much already and we're only we're only three minutes in. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's our second question. Dear Timberlina. My partner and I have been together for five years and we're very happy. I work a lot and he is at home by himself on a lot of evenings. We have often talked about his rampant sex drive that doesn't match my own. I'm too tired after work. The other day, I came home a little bit early to find him masturbating to porn. Is porn cheating? Porn is not cheating. Well, not in my eyes. (laughs) Um, Gosh, maybe for me... Maybe, like, you should introduce watching porn together. Ooh, that could be something, couldn't it? Yeah. So find something that you both enjoy and make it both of your time, like special time when you come home early. Mm. Jump on the lounge next to him and keep going. Maybe maybe that would be a cure for the tiredness. Yeah, you know? could be. Like, watching a bit of that. It gets you, like, energy going. Right. So, <laughs> endorphins. Yeah, endorphins. So what, what you're saying, basically, is that porn... Porn is not seen as as competition. It's more seen as an aid. Yeah. I would, yeah. It's just like using sex toys, right? Like, you need to stimulate your clitoris if you're a female. So, like, and usually sex toys help with that. Yeah. uh, Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, maybe the men's version of a sex toy is his porn. Right. And a cock ring thrown in for good good measure. Yeah. A vibrating one. Yes. (laughs) Is there any other type? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So porn, I definitely, I don't think porn is cheating at all. Well, in my eyes, it's not. Maybe some of the listeners could um, DM me and let me know what their thoughts are. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, look, I'm I'm all for, I'm all for getting the libido firing. Yeah. You know, whatever floats your boat, I think. Exactly. Embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah. At least it still works. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Okay, dear Timberlina, 
I'd firstly like to say that I'm not a tool. That's always a bit of a worry yeah. when they start with that, isn't it? I'm scared already. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'm a very giving person. My wife had a baby, the light of our lives, about a year ago and put on a lot of weight. She's a wonderful mother and I love her, but honestly, she looks like a different person. I'm not sexually attracted to her anymore. I've suggested nighttime walks, but she'd rather stay home and watch maths. How do I tell her? Should I tell her? Should I just close my eyes and think of Beyonce or Kendall Jenner? Help! Well, the first advice I give you is tell her to stop watching maths. It's probably the worst show in history. I agree. Are you, you're not into it? No. So I was on actually maths three seasons ago, I think it was, as a celebrant. Ooh! Mm, so I can give you the tea on that. Ooh! Let's go. Um, so, like, it's heavily produced. It's a heavily produced show and you can see it, like, it just is not cool. So, try and replace mass with something else. But, like, I definitely wouldn't say to say anything about her weight. Like, it's just, like, horrible. Hmm. Um, I think you just maybe have some more sex and burn some calories. You can burn three or four calories per sex session per minute. So I think we should look at that as what the official number of calories burn in a good sex session is. Good it's, romp. It's three or four per minute. I've done this. I do sex trivia all the time. It's one of my questions. Three or four calories per minute. minute. It doesn't seem like much though. So I'm just like, is it like a basic just like... <laughs> not like... <laughs> We're up to 10. It's like when you've got your Apple Watch on, you're like shaking it to get your circles done. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah, so, okay, so maybe just for the meantime, shut your eyes, think of Kendall Jenner. Yeah. You know, and um, and try and get up to that that 10 calorie mark. Yeah. Um, And listen, boyfriend, it's on you. So if you want this to last longer and you wanted to burn more calories, then, you know, you're going to have to up your game a bit. A hundred percent. Don't blow so quick. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Okay. So um, now... uh, Drag Race Australia started last week, and mm. um, you have a very good friend in the show, don't you? Yes. Yes. So how are they feeling? Well, I mean, the premiere was last week, so I feel like they are they're feeling anxious and nervous, mm-hmm. but, like, I guess it's their all. Like, it's... It's an amazing platform for them. I think that's what they're most nervous about is how everyone's going to see them as a character on a show. Yes. And, like, that is daunting. It's an international television show and the whole world is watching Australia at the moment. How amazing, though, that we have it here in Australia. That must be exciting. It's so exciting. And they film during the pandemic, so it's just like... How amazing is that? In New Zealand, they all quarantined for two weeks and then flew home. So it's kind of like... Amazing. That's so cool. Oh, we'll have to do updates on that as as we go along. But um, yeah, so Timberlina, thank you so much for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. We can't wait for next week to see what wisdom you have to impart. (laughs) Well, I'll see you next week. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. That was Timberlina and you're listening to Lipstick After Dark. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom, or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? 
On Lipstick After Dark, we cover the real topics, the ones you really want to know about. And for this one, boys and girls, grab your notebooks because we're going to get into how we turn a woman on with our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gab Laurie from the Thrive Wellness Hub. Gabrielle, for the first time, welcome to Lipstick After Dark. Thank you. Very exciting. Yes, and uh, we don't have to censor, so uh, let's Ooh. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so turning a woman on, uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's all very different, but, uh, you know, what, what are the main things that we need to be looking out for in terms of how a woman actually works? That's the perfect question because so many couples that come in for therapy to see me well, I'll just talk about the couples that that I see the most, which is couples with young kids and in long-term relationships. And the male partner might be complaining that she never instigates mm-hmm. um, and the female partner might be complaining that, you know, she always feels pressured or overwhelmed or smothered and like she's inadequate or yep. something's wrong with her if she can't keep up with the male's libido. Yes. But, you know, you can't totally generalise. There are women with higher libidos than men mm-hmm. um, and they have their own issues but we'll talk about them another time Yeah, and also LGBTI relationships will have different um, libido mismatched libidos mm-hmm. too but we'll talk about them another time that's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community Yes. today we'll just talk about the heterosexual couples I see with young kids in long term relationships because mm-hmm. a lot of women well uh, both of them have not much sex education about pleasure Yes. We know the mechanics, but not necessarily the pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And so so a lot of guys are going up to their partner who they really love, and when she's cooking dinner, they might grab her breast and say, oh, I, you want to have sex tonight? And the woman is kind of, get lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't generally work for a lot of women unless you have, like, uh, both physical touch, love language as your number one. Mm. If if your partner doesn't have a love language, physical touch as number one, um, and you have mismatched libidos, uh, you've got to think of a woman's body sometimes like a cold bath. Right. And the male's like a firecracker. So a cold bath, you need to heat it up slowly over time. Mm-hmm. And the firecracker might be ready you know, in, in two a few seconds. seconds. Flat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He might see his partner in a, you know, a tight top and a short skirt and he's ready. Yeah. But she'll, her, uh, a lot of women's desire is not spontaneous in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. like it is in the honeymoon period. Yeah. It's, it's responsive. And a responsive sexual desire, there's nothing wrong with either types of desire, but mm. Women used to be treated as though there's something wrong with them for having a responsive sexual desire, which means they have no spontaneous urge for it. Mm. But if they feel loved enough in the whole of the relationship or getting their needs met, then they're open to being turned on. Got it. And Mm. so to turn a woman's body on, you've got to think of it as going kind of the opposite of a guy's you've got to start with her brain first Mm. like if you think of a spiral on the female body you start from the outside in like from the head down to the toes so anything you can do to you know send a sexy text or or you know if you do know she fantasizes sometimes about bdsm or things like that Mm. you know you might get her an outfit depends if she wants to be sub or dom or things like that or if you're into it some guys uh, you know, 
find that side of sex life hard to embrace because women's sexual fantasies sometimes have to be a lot wilder than men's to get them in the mood. Right. But in society, women are treated better if they fit into the virginal good girl model. Yes. And if they're seen as anything like the Madonna whore kind of syndrome. Yep. So women repress a lot of their real feelings or Mm. their real needs in sex and therefore they get bored and they can't get their bodies into it because their male partners might say, oh, you know, what do you mean you want to try that? Like, Mm. because he can be really satisfied with missionary all the time. Yeah. Every night. (laughs) (laughs) But for women, her largest erogenous zone is her brain. So she doesn't have the testosterone and the urge to have sex. So if her erogenous zone is full of like the to-do list, overwhelmed with parenting chores or um, household chores or things like that, you know, she's more likely to get turned on on holiday outside the house mm-hmm. where she's not seeing all those half-done jobs. or Yes. Uh, and also, if you start slowly, don't go for the nipples or the clitoris too soon. Mm. If you heat up the rest of the body in a massage or neck kisses or find her other erogenous zones and you've sent sexy texts or find out what turns her on, then, then you're more likely to she'll be, she'll be in the mood. Yeah. I saw a meme once um, that said, uh, I want to be the reason that you tune your phone slightly away from people when I message you. <laughs> That's great. And I love that. Yeah. I think um, just going about your day and getting one of those um, bowl you over texts, like this is what I'm going to do to you tonight, uh, is is just, yeah. yeah, look, it's a home run, fellas. And, you know, you, you really should employ it more. I know you, you, you're, you know, allergic to the phone and text, but, geez, it works. Telling it yeah. works. Women are a lot more verbal and they're a lot more harsh on their bodies and self-body image, mm. which can make them not feel like sex or responsive to sex. But women are more verbal and they're harder on their bodies. So a lot of women are not having sex because they're, they're, they're putting themselves down or worrying about their thighs being too fat or... Or if you're going to get RSI because they're not having an orgasm as quick as you, or mm. you know, as, if guys can give that sexy verbal reassurance, like "Oh, I can't wait to do X, Y, Z to you," mm. and your 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 bum turns me on so much, and your your hair down your back is so sexy, like, or when I see you across the room at a dinner party, mm. you know. Uh, that kind of stuff can help a woman get past that she feels really wanted and really desired. Mm. So. Uh, another key thing is if women's bodies don't get, you know, sometimes the 20 to 30 minutes foreplay that they're needing in a long-term relationship, if they're just being open to sex rather than having a spontaneous sexual desire, the vagina won't be lubricated, etc. Et so mm. they'll need the foreplay. And if that's rushed or um, or because she was able to have a quickie last month, you think she can have a quickie every time, then... If her body's not ready, it can hurt. Or the mm. the so the cervix lifts up in the vaginal canal, mm. and if after enough foreplay, but if it hasn't, the penis might hit the cervix, causing pain. Causing pain, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely working on all different ways of foreplay. But some women with a past history of trauma might not be into foreplay. They might want to skip it a, and get get it over as quick as possible. So then it's best if they go 
with you to see a therapist mm. and work on that first. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we've got the sexy texts and, you know, and I think, I think as well, you know, knowing what they find sexy about you is, Absolutely. is really, you know, and often quite surprising. I remember, Absolutely. you know, I remember wearing this bodysuit and someone said to me, I love your side boob in that bodysuit. Never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was awesome. Yeah. 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 That was a home run. Oh, mm, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many women, if they knew what their partners were thinking, they'd feel totally confident about their body because their partners are just seeing everything is really sexy. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. if you're with the right person in a healthy relationship, yeah. If they're putting you down about your body, then definitely it's not a healthy relationship. Yeah. Love it. Okay. All right. So have you got any other tips for uh, the fellas, Gabrielle? The security of routine in a relationship, reliability, responsibility is what couples need to raise kids in a healthy Mm. environment. But that security can dampen sexual desire, particularly in women, because we don't have that hormonal urge. So... It's, you've got to add your own unpredictability mm-hmm. or uncertainty, like not in an unhealthy way, but, you know, go, I don't know, jet skiing or skydiving together or, or camping or, or, you know, surprise her by booking a trusted babysitter or, you know, family member and having a date night but staying in a hotel. Or you could go to a Salvation Army shop and say, okay, I'm going to pick the outfit I want you to wear tonight and you pick an outfit for me and we'll meet in a bar and pretend to be strangers. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it (laughs) really makes it, like it can bring back, even though it might feel silly or embarrassing at first, it brings back that uh, uncertainty. Mm. Like, so... Yeah, if, if they can do that, that'll really help as well. Yeah, awesome. Mm. I love it. All right, Gab, we're going to get into some um, really meaty topics uh, each week in uh, Lipstick After Dark, and I really look forward to speaking to you about it more. That was Gabrielle Laurie from the Thrive Wellness Hub, Relationships and Sex Therapist. This is Lipstick After Dark. Fancy a quickie? Nikki from Flirt Adult Store joins us with this week's hot sex toy tip on Quickie with Nikki on After Dark. Here on Lipstick After Dark, we delve into the sexy, the sordid and the interesting. Every week we're going to be having Nikki from Flirt Adult Store give us an education on different sex topics each and every week. We're calling this section the Quickie with Nikki. Nikki, welcome. To hey guys! <laughs> Hi, thanks for having us again. Oh, we love it! So you are a wealth of information on all things sexy. So what are we going to be delving into today? We are going to be talking about BDSM, which was pretty much made famous by Fifty Shades of Grey. So that movie just really made all types of bondage fly off the shop walls. Oh, okay. I mean, I think we've all seen it and read the books, definitely. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit of a revelation when it first came out, wasn't it? That, you know, Mm -hmm. this was this was something that happened in polite society. I think we all thought that it was just all underground. And, uh, you know, it really brought it to the forefront. So now everybody knows what it is and everybody wants to do it. It's very, very popular. Yeah. Let's go into the ins and outs, as it were, (laughs) Mm -hmm. of BDSM. What do we need to know? 
Um, so basic BDSM, I would always say whoever you're playing with, um, just make sure that they know a little bit about it. So have a discussion first. Talk communication is definitely the key here. So you want to talk to your partner and make sure you both know what's about to go on. You have safe words, which is, you know, very popular. Some people like the word pineapple. Um, I tend to like the traffic light system where you've got your red means, you know, no. Yellow means I'm kind of on the edge here. I'm not enjoying it as much as I did. And green means I'm loving what you're doing to me and continue. So um, trust and communication is the key to any great BDSM play relationship. We have roles in BDSM, don't we? Yes. So we have a submissive and a dominant. Yeah. And that can they, be either or, can't it? It, doesn't it can be anybody. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be the female that's submissive and the male no. that's dominant. It can be the other way around. Yeah. It's just really somebody wants to surrender their power to somebody else. So it's really whoever wants to be in that role. Yeah, that makes mm. sense. And so what are if you're if you're surrendering your power, that would in the real world, in the day-to-day world, be seen as a negative. But in this space, it can be a beautiful thing, can't it? Yeah, it really is. When you give your complete trust and your power and your abilities to somebody else and you get extreme enjoyment from that, it's a beautiful thing. So the relationship between the sub and the dom are quite rare and they're quite beautiful if it's a good thing. So some people, a lot of people think that it could be just a bit of, you know, pain and pleasure, but they really do have a beautiful relationship to have that trust. Mm. And you would have to absolutely trust that person to to put your your safety in their hands. Mm -hmm. We're just starting out with BDSM. Where should, if a couple wanted to dip their toes in the water, where should they start? I would start with the basics, communication, ask what it is. You might like the idea of having a blindfold on, but the idea of having handcuffs gives you a bit of anxiety. So communicate, tell your partner, but when you take away one sense like the eyes, touch is heightened. So I would say a blindfold is a really good starting off point for people. Right. It kind of, yeah, it's, it's a very, very nice way to start dipping your toe in. Right. So, yeah. So, taking away one of those senses heightens the others. 100%. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you don't know where that next touch is going to come from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we've got the blindfold on and we're we're down with that. So, let's talk about uh, silk and satin ropes. Very, very popular. Um, A lot of people have seen it in movies. They really just like the idea of that restraint rather than it being a metal or a, you know, a handcuff, you can rope play, which not only just looks beautiful, but it is a really nice way of restraining somebody. Mm. Next, we're going to get into, I guess, what everyone associates with BDSM, which is the pain side. So, why would I sign myself up to be, let's say, whipped or paddled? What are the what are the benefits to that if we were going to if we were going to look at that? Well, I would say that everyone's a little different. We do have some people who enjoy the pain side of it when they come through it. That is their kink, that is their thing. And then we have some people that visually like to have those marks on them as it's a bit of a 
a war story afterwards. Mm. Um, it feels good is basically what we get from most customers is it actually feels quite good. It gives them a release of their thoughts that they've had for the week. It's a way to tune out. Um, some people, it can be for discipline reasons, but others, it's just they really do enjoy the pain that it does bring. Mm. And then I guess the flip side of that is, is that it makes the pleasure heightened. 100%. On the yeah. other side. Well, you're not going to do anything if you're not really going to enjoy it, are you? So. Um, it was hard for me to understand when I first started the why somebody would want to put themselves through that. But understanding it now, it is because people really do get off on that. Some people, you know, want to use a vibrator for pleasure. Some people want to, you know, have that kind of, you know, spanking from somebody or, you know, a whip or any type of thing to bring them pleasure. So we just say each to their own. If, if pain's your thing, keep doing it. It's obviously working for you, girl. Mm, love it. Okay. So, Safe words, we touched on this before. So they're important and Very. it's important that I guess putting that trust in somebody that those are talked about first. So, yeah, yeah. so talk about the traffic light system a little bit. So we have uh, green, which is I'm loving it. Yeah, green, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Things are feeling good. And then you go, if it's if it's getting to the edge, you go yellow. Yellow is a word where it just lets your – um, partner who's playing with you know that you know we're going to start easing up soon wrapping it up and red just means I'm stopped I'm done I've reached my end this isn't fun for me anymore we need to take a break um, the traffic light system is just good because everybody knows it you might forget your you know your safe word which could be you know pineapple or freddo frog you might be out you might forget that um so traffic light system is just a really good starting point for people because everybody knows that red means no. Excellent. Love it. So in terms of products, I'm sure that you can help our listeners out here, can't you? Yeah. So let's I go. I definitely in, can. Let's go into the, oh, oh I know you, this is radio and you can't see that, but she just waved a whip at me. <laughs> it was a little yeah. bit hot. Got to admit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go through some of the products. So uh, we have, you would obviously have some blindfolds and some um, some restraints yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. So blindfolds, restraints, we've got lots of different ones. Uh, you've got blindfolds from full blindfolds or you've got face hoods, depending on what your thing is. Um, but yeah, definitely if you were looking to start in the BDSM world and wanting to get a little kit together, I would say a blindfold is definitely a must some kind of restraints, whether or not they be of the Velcro kind where you can get out of or the proper metal handcuffs or some rope again, mm -hmm. definitely. Whips. Whips Ooh. are a must. You can hear that, uh, can't you? <laughs> yeah, they're good because you can start off quite slow and work your way up. So when you do play with somebody, you can kind of see what they're liking from the way that they're breathing. So if they're breathing really intense after you've you know rubbed or tickled them in one spot, you know that that's their spot. So these are a really good tool and um, they do have some, you know, you can get some funny words on them or different little patterns and they're great for that sensory play. Mm. There's lots of different things. I would even say, you know, masks. Some people get a little bit shy, so they want to kind of, you know, dip out of who they are and they pop a mask on their face. Leg restraints. There's lots of different things. And then you can go into the world of swings and everything else. Oh, swings sound fun. Yeah. yeah. Very mm. good fun. 
Mm. I have seen that in Sex in the City. Samantha uh, dabbled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we might need a, you know, if you're thinking of renovating people, you might need a uh, a room in the house that to uh, accommodate your swing and, Definitely. Uh, you know, maybe some satin sheets on a bed as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's lots. It's all, it's all very sensory. So depending on everyone's level of comfort and what they're interested in, you've even got latex sheets. So it really just depends on what people are interested in, but there is something for every single person's needs at your local float adult store. Excellent. So if you're willing to dip your toe into the world of BDSM and you don't know where to start, Nikki and the staff at Flirt Hamilton are extremely well-versed in where you should start and can advise you on the best products for you and your take. Nikki, it's always educational to talk Thank to you. Thank you. Thanks. And we've got, a little, um, we've got a little code for your listeners tonight. So if anybody wants to get 30% off any BDSM products or anything else. You just have to use the code lipstick after dark 30 to receive 30% off your next online purchase at www.floatadultstore.com.au. Excellent. Thanks so much. Shameless plug. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and well worth it. Thanks so much for looking after no worries. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. That was the quickie with Nikki. You're listening to lipstick after dark. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. Right now, we're going to be diving into pleasure. I'm sure that floats a lot of your boats. We're going to be talking to the wonderful Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality, who's going to be leading us through our journey on pleasure. Welcome to Lipstick Lunch After Dark, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. That's no problem at all. Uh, So good to have you back. I know we've had you on the Lipstick Lunch before, and it's lovely that you can make it on our maiden journey on Lipstick After Dark. So very exciting. Yes. (laughs) Pleasure. Now, Mm. obviously, we talk about that in the bedroom, but you have a more holistic approach to pleasure, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, It's really stemmed from my a lot of my uh, journey. Um, in my own, discovering my own sexuality. And I think often when people hear the word pleasure initially, their first thought is maybe orgasm or something to do with sex. Mm. Um, And what I love about pleasure is it's not just sex or orgasms. Pleasure is so much more than that. And what we can do is if we can bring it more into our day-to-day life, then that will help our um, sexual activity a lot more. And and that has been a huge part of my journey. Um, as I've come on the show and shared before, I have experienced painful sex. Yes. And when you have painful sex, there's no pleasure. That's exactly it, yeah. Uh, and, so, and it has been quite a journey for you, hasn't it? So, it you know, really has. Yeah, yeah. So you were, you were experiencing painful sex and really had to dig deep to go on your sexual journey yourself and you've decided to help other people realize their sexual potential through your through your business now yeah that's right exactly because um for anyone who maybe has experienced painful sex you've got to rewire the brain for pleasure now Mm. um and so that's why i've taken such a holistic approach to pleasure because i also had to uh, rewire even just life experiences and recognize the things that 
lit me up, you know, that made me feel really happy, which is pleasure. Um, and then in turn, because I, I did that, I was able to then also take that into my bedroom experiences and have, have better orgasms, have better, um, you know, sex in general, because I knew what I loved. I knew what gave me pleasure. Mm. And I don't think we stop to think about that. And you're exactly right that I guess we associate pleasure with orgasm, which, mm. you know, could be 30 seconds if you're a girl, could be a bit That's shorter right. if you're a boy. But, yeah, I I don't think that we've ever really explored the concept of pleasure outside of that orgasm. How would we, we go about doing that? Yeah, so we don't do that because it's not we're not educated in that. We're told that pleasure is usually in the bedroom and that's where it stays. Mm. And so something that I really love doing is thinking about pleasure almost like play or like it's sort of like our inner child. Uh, It's the part of us that likes to slow down a little bit. It's the part of us that doesn't want to be rushing around with a busy schedule all the time. And so... um, Something that I love to do personally as part of a pleasure practice is to, if I'm going on a walk, for example, um, you know, in the beautiful Newcastle, we've got so much to look at. I allow myself to slow down and not go, right, I've got 30 minutes, I've got to get from here to here. I go, what can I find that fills me with pleasure on this walk that I'm doing? And I try and really consciously think about what lights me up. Um, Whether it's the sparkle in the water or seeing dolphins playing or I don't know someone playing with their kid or something like that but it's things that bring a smile to your face which fill you up it's, it's part of sort of like filling up your love tank it, it fills you up a little bit more and then you find that you're more ready maybe to have sex or you're more ready to relax and experience a better orgasm because you're not just relying on sex to give you pleasure you're allowing other external aspects of life in general to give you pleasure as well. I completely understand that. And I'm just thinking about I am, you know, highly scheduled and rushing around and that sort of thing. And what gives me joy is, you know, some prawns and some champagne and some cheese and just sitting with that and going, oh, I've got nowhere to be. You know, I don't have to rush anywhere. I can, you know, let the bubbles go to my head a little bit because I don't have to work tomorrow morning. And that just brings a smile to my face just thinking about it. Uh, so, yeah, I I can completely understand that getting yourself into that space, slowing down and being conscious of what brings you joy would then translate into awesome sex from there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly, exactly. And, and often we're taught, we are sort of, not necessarily that we're taught, but sometimes it's, it's communicated that things that bring us, bring us pleasure are bad or, or naughty or cheeky. Mm. You know, people sort of use that, that term, what's your guilty pleasure? But mm. why can't it just be our pleasure? Why, does it have to be, why do we have to feel guilty for it? Oh, yeah. Look, you're speaking my love language and <laughs> the next time I'm having prawns and champagne, I will not feel guilty at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, you know, we've relaxed and we've unwound and, and that sort of thing and, and so we are more open to sex. So doing that, that practice would certainly then enhance things in the bedroom, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would because you're, you're going to be a little bit more relaxed because 
you've filled your own cup already. You're not relying on that 30-second orgasm to make you feel really good because you already feel good. Mm. And so then it often then can be that orgasm might not necessarily be the goal and it might just be that you're wanting to either, if you're solo play, you might just want to be connecting with your body or if you're with a partner, then you're just enjoying them and the experience and you're taking the pressure away from having to orgasm, which in turn is actually probably really going to give you a better orgasm in return anyway, because the less we think about it, the better it's going to be. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think one of the things that I love, because we're on nighttime radio now and we can share all that stuff, is that, yeah, yeah, for me, um, having that time and space just to kiss is amazing. And one of my favorite things to do and yeah in that moment I'm just really enjoying that not focusing on that orgasm which is 30 seconds I I love the kissing that takes hours it's great that's right exactly because that's what can also give us pleasure as well it's about creating that connection with somebody else and that connection can also give us an immense amount of pleasure as well rather than just focusing on an end goal of something else Mm, yeah completely understand that that's amazing yeah Uh, yeah. and what what sort of things can people do to really slow down and and notice what gives them pleasure and and how if you had to plan a perfect night for yourself jasmine what would you do to get yourself into that space okay so i would love to know that there's nothing in the house that requires my attention Mm mm-hmm because that can be really distracting for me and I'm sure a lot of others can relate to that as well. Um, I would love to go out for dinner or just have dinner in. I'm not Personally, I don't have a preference. I don't have to be out. I don't have to be in. But dinner taken care of is also going to be a massive bonus. But the other thing for me is that I love to be enticed. So Mm -hmm. sex for me doesn't start as soon as you go into the bedroom. For me, sex starts at the beginning of the day when you talk to your partner and you go, okay, we're going to have a really special night tonight. You know, we're going to plan to be really intentional with our time. How can we make that better? Well, let's start it as soon as the day begins. Yeah. Maybe that's texting each other during the day, a bit of sexting. Maybe that's, that's building the anticipation up. Maybe it's planning to wear something special, having the bedroom clean, uh, making sure that you've got elements in the room that really turn your senses on. So that might be like essential oils or a candle. And for me, they're all the things that help build up to a really beautiful experience. For me, anticipation often is really key in having um, a really amazing experience with my partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that really just changes it. Absolutely. And it's actually funny, uh, earlier in the show we were talking to uh, Gab Laurie, who's our sex therapist uh, for uh, Lipstick Lunch After Dark, and she was saying exactly the same thing, that particularly for women, the sex doesn't start as soon as the bedroom door shuts. It starts from the beginning of the day because we need our minds seduced because we are so much more cerebral uh, and we don't have that testosterone that we really need to be worked on from the beginning of the day and, and build that anticipation. And yeah, it certainly uh, does 
does pay off, gents, in the end. That's right. It really does. I've heard someone else liken it to women are like slow cookers. You've got to turn us on in the beginning of the day yep. and you've got to keep us simmering all day long. Until That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, and Gab, Gab's analogy was a, a cold bath that needs to be warmed up slowly. Okay. Yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are all great analogies. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> for those of you at home taking notes, slow cooker, That's right. um, cold bath, whatever works for you but yeah start <laughs> early fellas jesus and, and look that just makes it so much more fun as well um because it makes you feel a bit cheeky if your partner's at work if you're at work like you've got you maybe have to be a bit sneaky in the way that you're texting you don't mm. want your co-worker to see what you're talking about and so it just builds a bit more excitement around it it makes it fun it's not just the same old routine again yeah. and it just it ultimately just leads to that much more pleasure because you, when you get together at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, we've been building up to this. Let's make it happen. You know, let's Absolutely. get it on. And it's yeah. so much fun. And I love what you're saying about uh, activating all of the senses. So a candle so that, you know, you, your smell is activated and wearing something sexy so that it's visually stimulating. Then there's obviously touch. Building in all of those, all of those senses really heighten the experience as well, don't they? They really do because our senses also can become associated with our memories. Mm. And so if you have a really powerful experience with your partner and you have a specific scent that was on that night, that will when you smell that scent again at another time, that's going to trigger that memory and mm. you're going to be like, ooh, I remember that night. Oh, yes. that was so much fun, you know, or, or if it's a certain song that was playing um, or a certain outfit that you're wearing, it's going to really... Um, anchor some really juicy memories into your brain and so then when you hear the song again or you or you smell that scent you're going to remember that and be like oh that that brought me a lot of pleasure yeah look i'm sure everyone at home listening is sort of flicking back to a memory and and remembering the smell and remembering the the sight and um definitely that does uh embed in your memory it's pretty powerful stuff it is Amazing. Yeah. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for your tips on pleasure. I've certainly got a lot out of this and I hope that our listeners have too. We really look forward to having you as a regular on Lipstick Lunch After Dark to share some more secrets on conscious sexuality. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Louise. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. It's nearly time to say goodnight here on Newcastle Live Radio. I really hope that you've enjoyed this first instalment of Lipstick After Dark. There'll be plenty more fun, sexy and informative interviews for you in the next few weeks. So make sure that you tune in every Thursday from 8 to 10 here on Newcastle Live Radio. I'm going to give you a lipstick kiss and tuck you all in. My name is Louise Wilkinson. This has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night. Only on Newcastle Live Radio.